Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Welcome to episode 27, Multitasking. Hi, Lauren. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm sitting here um, multitasking, I just realized. (laughs) So I just turned (laughs) over my phone. (laughs) I know. Woo, drop into the place, turn off the things. I, it's so true, right? Everybody struggles with it. Everybody struggles with it and everybody does it. Yep. I know. It's one of those things. I think a lot of things that we talk about in general are things that everybody struggles with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think multitasking is a little different in the fact that sometimes, and a lot of times it's like rewarded, like it's a good thing. That's how I grew up. Is that how you grew up? Um, not necessarily on the outside. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say because, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a born and raised Texas girl. You know, yeah. I was, I was born and raised with, uh, people that used to be maybe considered in the alternative hippie scene. (laughs) Although I don't know if they would agree with that description, but I think they would, you know, but yeah, but yeah, it's definitely encouraged on the outside and it's, it's encouraged by your brain on the inside. I mean, your brain gets a hit of dopamine when you do a bunch of things at once and therefore it is addicting to the brain and therefore we keep doing it. Yeah. It's the worst. And it's, crazy because you think you're getting all this stuff done and you're not really getting it all done. And I think the most important piece is you're not really absorbing whatever that moment is for that one thing. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot to be said. This is funny. Cleaning is something that I loathe. Like I just, I hate cleaning house. I really don't. And I had to kind of just be like, this was during the middle of the pandemic. I mean, you know, it's like, I am the housekeeper, so get with it. (laughs) And all these people are here. I had to really like digest, okay, you have to do this. So you need to find a way to like make it an activity. And so I kind of know this sounds really weird, but like get into my cleaning and I don't do like used to, I would vacuum and then I would turn over here and I would, you know, get dressed and go do something with the girls and then pop over here and finish vacuuming. Now it's like, okay, I'm going in to clean the bathroom and that's it. I'm going in to clean the bathroom. And sometimes I'll listen to like music or a podcast, but for the most part, I'd say I leave it silent and I just clean. And it sounds really, really weird, but I actually kind of enjoy it now. I guess I turned it into a mindful activity. I was going to say that you probably enjoy it because you're not so exhausted by it. Like, yes, you're trying to, I think cleaning and listening to a podcast or something is fine because cleaning is one of those sort of automatic low level activities that you don't need a lot of brain power for. But if you're doing cleaning and a bunch of things around the house, like trying to tend to the girls, trying to cook, trying to clean all at once 
your brain gets really tired. You can't do all that, even though you think you can. And then that speed builds in your body. So it's probably enjoyable because it's probably kind of relaxing now that that's all you're doing. Yeah. Multitasking is, I would say ultimately what caused my, what was diet, I mean, clinical burnout. I literally burned out on my job and it wasn't necessarily my job. It was the fact that I was multitasking and my job was this big giant thing. Something had to give. Yeah. And that happened to be what we were able to, you know, sacrifice a lot, obviously to make it happen. But for the good of my sanity, the multitasking was just overtaking me. And so sometimes I think we just think of multitasking as like our to-do list and, you know, answering phone calls or whatever it is. But sometimes multitasking is literally multitasking your entire life. This great big job, your home life, your, any kind of, per, you know, social life you have, any further career aspirations you have. And there's a ton of things and that multitasking can get really overwhelming for a lot of people. <clears throat> you want to hear a crazy piece of data about multitasking at work? Yes. So this is from an article I wrote for our local magazine last year on multitasking. People who multitask show an enormous range of deficits in cognitive tasks. A study funded by Hewlett Packard and conducted by the Institute of Psychiatry at the University of London found that workers distracted by email and phone calls suffer a fall in IQ more than twice that found in marijuana smokers. What? During smoking while you're high. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. So, so you might as well just smoke. And if you're, if you're gonna do a whole bunch of things, that's insane. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's totally true. I've been like in the thick of it with deadlines and phone calls needed to go back and emails, and you just kind of do it. And then at the end of the day, you're just Gosh, did all, I don't know. It used to feel like it steamrolled me. That's interesting because I've heard this before that, that multitaskers are like masters of everything that is irrelevant. Mm. Mm. <laughs> like they're doing so much at one time. Most of it's irrelevant. None of it's furthering whatever goal for the day is set. Yes. And then you're distracted, you're exhausted and have gotten nothing done. And then you're overwhelmed and then you start to produce more and more, do more and more to keep yourself busy and keep that hamster wheel going, but nothing's ever getting done. I, it wasn't until I started practicing mindfulness with you that I began to let go of that as a badge of honor um, mm -hmm. because I was raised that way. Um, and I got so many kudos all my life. You do so much. You handle stress so well. And it seems like such a great thing and it's not. And um, I constantly tell my kids, let's do one thing at a time. You know, which one, mm -hmm. which one thing do you want to do right now? Okay, we're going to do this thing. Okay, we're going to focus on this thing. And it's just because there's... I mean, don't get me wrong. In my house, there's times when I'm doing multiple things and juggling a lot. Sure. That's that's mom life or parent life. Um, but there are also a lot more times now that I simply stop and focus on that one thing that needs to happen, like the kids or my husband or work. Um, you know, 
I've gotten a lot better. I used to really put <clears throat> what we do and our job and my yoga business way to the back burner. And it was mostly because I didn't know how to multitask that with my home life. What I figured out now is I just treat it as such. And I listened to my own podcast about time blocking and planning and making sure that I have time for everything. And when I do have that time blocking and that planning on Sunday, then usually I don't multitask and things run better. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's great to teach that to the kids um, because they don't know this unless somebody tells them. My, you know, kids nowadays, much different than when we were kids, will be on their laptop listening to music with their AirPods in, checking texts on their phone. They are doing, on average, I read the statistic somewhere, I wish I could um, cite it, but they are on average on three to five devices at any given time while they're studying. And so we have to really, for the, really for the brains of our future generation, watch our kids and notice how much they're multitasking. Like I noticed my daughter will be watching YouTube, watching her favorite gamer play Animal Crossing while she is on her Switch playing Animal Crossing herself while she has her headphones on, sometimes listening to a podcast. She loves the Stuff You Should Know podcast. She gets a lot of stimulation from all of those inputs. She's a really sensitive person and I think she really feels a lot when she, when she's doing all that at once. And so I've been working with her on, yeah, it might feel good and you might really think you enjoy it, but what it's doing is this for your brain. And I want you to grow up as somebody that has, you know, strong attention and, and can really focus on one thing. So kids are just as addicted to this as adults are. Yeah. Oh, what good conversations to have with your teenager, you know, like yeah. in your preteens, because we didn't get, I didn't get those conversations at least. Um, it was just do, do, do more, more, more and add and stack. And like I said, it was my badge of honor. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm happy to not wear it now. Um, I would say if you are a multitasker and you like her, like your daughter, it feels good. You think you're doing good. Like for a day, write down all the things you have to do or that you want to do because there should be both. And then like, just try to focus on one thing at a time for one day and see what happens, yeah. you know, like a little experiment. I told my girlfriend to do that recently um, because she's a big multitasker and she was, I saw her just being kind of frazzled, you mm -hmm. know, and I was like, what is going on? She was like, oh, there's just a lot of balls in the air. And I was like, okay, well, we've all got balls in the air. What's, you know, and she's like, well, I'm doing this and this and this and this and this. And I was like, oh, well, you're spread too thin and you're doing too many things. So, and she's like, but I can't let go of anything. You know, like every, this is important and this is important. And I'm like, then that comes down to your time management planning and like where you spend your time and writing it all down and making sure that you are prioritizing the important things, or you're just going to spin off on stuff like the dishwasher and the report from work and yada, yada. Yeah. High, high multitaskers, which sounds like your, your friend are notorious for assuming that they're really high functioning. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and she might be, she might be really high functioning, but what happens over time is 
the brain atrophies, like the muscle of attention atrophies. So high multitaskers are more stressed out. They have stifled creativity. They have a hard time managing emotions. They have less innovative thinking because their brain is just exhausted. And there's a, a function in the brain called task shifting. No one is ever multitasking, first of all. We might think we are, we are not. The brain cannot do two cognitive tasks at once. It is not possible in the wiring of the brain. Mm -hmm. What we're doing is quickly shifting back and forth between two things. And so we think we're doing two things at once, but all we're doing is doing one thing and then the other and switching, you know, every second or so. And so I think it's really important to understand that nobody's ever multitasking for cognitive tasks. You can walk and do something. You can sit and eat and focus on something, right? But, but something that needs your attention, you're actually doing both things pretty badly. And so there's a concept called shift time and it's how long it takes your brain to fully refocus on the other task. And so say you're working on a project at work, sitting at your desk, you're pretty involved. And, you know, we have our phones like attached to our head, I swear. And so your phone dings and there's a social media notification or a text or an email. You pick it up. You have fully disengaged from your project. Now you're in your phone, giving that all your attention. You put the phone down, look back at your project. It can take you up to 30 minutes to fully refocus on your project. You could come back within a minute, maybe, depending on the day, but you're not coming back that second. Your brain is taking time to let the distraction go and then catch back up. And so your quality of work goes down. It takes longer. You're more tired. And so the brain just really, really is asking, I think, in the neurology of it to be a little less distracted, you know? Yeah. Be still. (laughs) So two things you said that were really impactful for me. You said that the creativity can be really low if you're like high managing stress and multitasking like that. That was me when I first met you really. And when I came into yoga teacher training, there's so much creativity that comes from yoga teacher training. And everybody was just like, flowing with it at the beginning. And I was just like, what is happening? These people turns turns out, I mean, that was just me. My creativity was so blocked by all of the things that I had been doing that it, it, it took me almost to the end of teacher training to, which was what, six months to fully like, be like, oh, okay. I have a vision of kind of like what I want to do or, you know, just, I don't know. It was like coming out of the water almost and being able to see more clear. Um, And it unblocked my creativity. And now what I find, excuse me, when I'm trying to create something, if I'm not able to, and I'm like, this is not happening, you know, whatever it is I'm wanting to do, content, take pictures or do a class or a workshop, whatever it is. If it's not happening, I've learned I kind of need to take a step back and figure out what all's going on because I'm not being creative because there's just a lot of wheels turning and I need to 
either get rid of some of that or finish that before I move on to this. Um, and so it's funny you said about the creativity, because that was probably the biggest piece for me that was just full on blocked. I did not yeah. feel a creative person at all. Yeah. I mean, creativity requires expansion and mental spaciousness. Creativity doesn't come when we have 50 things going on. I see that. I see busy as contracted and one is not better than the other because we're so resilient and flexible in nervous system and brain. Like we're designed to be really contracted and really busy and overwhelmed. And then to be the opposite and get spacious and creative and just be more open to, to something bigger than ourselves. And so that's a really great point that if you're stuck on a creative project or you need an idea or a solution and you're not getting it, don't force it, put it down, get your stuff done, sleep well, um, get outside the next day and just give your brain the chance to literally breathe and rest and open. And I promise you all the answers will come. They always do. Yeah. That's such good advice. Cause that's what I've kind of learned to do as of late. Um, the other thing you were talking about, I, this is a perfect example. Um, it's you and I've discussed this. I'm I can talk all day and do this, but like when it comes to writing, I really struggle with just like typing out a simple email because I just want to tell you the whole story and I don't need to tell you the whole story. I need to write you a sentence and it's hard for me. So anyways, um, when I get to working on things that require me to have writing skills or emails or whatever, I cannot go back and forth. I have to set an allotted time and I have to stay in front of the laptop. And just what you said, I cannot even look at my phone. I can't have any outside distractions because I just won't do it. I'll just keep shoving it to the side and making it the last on my list, even though it needs to be the top of my list. And I will internalize it and a little bit stress about it, but I still won't do anything about it. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. terrible. But if I make myself and it's an allotted time and I have a place to be and sit and work, I'll get it all done. And I always feel so much better. I think that's good. I think that's our first concrete practical tip is to follow the 20 minute rule. So commit to that one thing, put a timer on first 20 minutes straight, put your phone in the other room if you need to. Um, efficiency is higher and one 20 minute session is just better for brain health and stick to 20 minutes. When the timer goes off, get up and give yourself a break. So your brain has that boundary and it starts to understand, oh, she really means this is no big deal. And it's just 20 minutes, you know, like, yeah, we'll learn to trust what you're doing. It matters. That's so true. And then it probably, and, and you're right, because to me, now I know in my head how long 20 minutes isn't because it really isn't that long. And so now I'm like, oh, I got, I got my 20 minutes coming up and I go and, you know, knock out whatever I have to have. And then right. ding, it's 20 minutes is over. So set a timer, stick to the timer. And then two, I think the other piece of that, and just in general is turn off phone and computer notifications. Like there is no reason you need to have a ding every time you get an email. There is no reason on your phone why something needs to pop up every time somebody comments on your Facebook thing. Turn off all notifications, all of them. You will not miss one thing and your brain will get the most major boost of energy, um, of oxygen, of attention strengthening. It's incredible, the difference. Those are really good tips. I agree. I have to... Um also make sure that I 
stick to what we've discussed before, making a list, prioritizing the things I want to do and the things that I need to do mm-hmm. and for both work and my personal life. And as I feel like when I don't have, when I don't do that the night before, because that's typically when I do it, if I don't do that the night before and I wake up, it's almost like I'm going rogue and my mind's like, uh, even though I, it's like, it's not rocket science what I'm doing, but I don't have like a plan. And so it's like, Hmm. Mm-hmm. So then I'll start doing a million things that were not on the to-do list. You know what I mean? So have you a, a little plan? Doesn't have to be a big plan, just a little plan. Yeah. Have a plan and put the thing that's the hardest first. Yes. The thing such that a good thing. the most energy and the most mental power, put it first, get it done. Don't leave it till the end of the day so that you're thinking about it all day. Yeah, that's that's good too. And that is such a good feeling for your brain to yeah. have it off. It's that monkey off your back thing, which mm-hmm. feels really, really good. I have a question for our listeners. I think this is a point of reflection for our personal habits. You know, we are so avoidant of, of mindfulness and attention. It's just so hard. I mean, all of us, including Misty and I have a hard time with it. And how many times a day do you open your Gmail or your email app and like swipe or whatever that thumb action is just to see what's there, even though you looked 10 minutes ago, just to see if there's any new little notification that your brain can get a hit of dopamine from, or how many times a day do you open your Instagram app when you just opened it? Right? Like what are, what are we really looking for? We're not really looking for anything. That is a sign. And I'm asking you this because I absolutely struggle with this. That's a sign that your brain has an addiction to that to that opening of the app and what happens when you have a notification. Um, We've talked about this movie before, The Social Dilemma. Yes. The guy who, I can't remember who it was, but one of them was talking about the Gmail app and how the Gmail app is designed to Mm -hmm. addict your brain so that when you swipe down and something pops up, your brain gets lit up. And so we wanna do that over and over unconsciously because it feels good to the brain. But that is one of the easiest yet hardest ways to really kind of take your attention back is to, you guys, I usually have my Gmail app off my phone. I don't have it on my phone because I have, I'm so bad at it. I keep it on my computer. I hate responding to email on my phone anyway. So why do I even have it? I don't have a job. Yeah. I don't have a job where anything's an emergency. Um, I don't need it on my phone. So I know that sounds really scary, but like, can you take your email app off your phone? Can you take your Facebook and Instagram apps off your phone for the weekend? You'll find yourself reaching for your phone to distract yourself from the present moment and do two things at once. And so when you notice that urge, because it'll be a physical urge to reach for the app, just notice it like, oh, there's that urge. And guess what, self? I'm going to hijack that urge. I'm not going to do it. And that is a moment of freedom. That's a moment of transformation in your brain. Oh, I'm excited. I, I'm like, is she talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've recently, like, I don't know. I, I think I've just been home too long. Yeah. I'm going to blame it on quarantine yeah, and isolation, totally. but I've, that's my connection with people. It's my only connection with people. And so, um, but I've recently noticed, like, I don't want like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not getting anything out of this. You start and to feel it in your body, don't you? Yes. I think you like, ugh. yeah, you just know, 
And um, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do exactly what you said. I'm going to do Try the it. weekend. I'm going to do the weekend thing, and um, I'm going to. The mail thing might like be game changer, like big game changer. Because I'm you're right. Taking this off my phone right now. I'm doing this now. See, I'm multitasking, but I'm. Ta- <laughs> <laughs> She's action oriented. I just deleted um, it. <laughs> good for you. That's really liberating because I mean, you're right. Like I, I'm not sure as long as you checked your email on your computer, you know, three times a day, even if yes, then what is really going to be in that inbox that, yeah. I mean, if you're expecting something from someone, probably they're going to tell you that they're sending it. Right. If it's that hot, right. Then put the app back on your phone. If you really are, you know what I mean? But yeah. Well, you can always, if you're like desperate, you can go the old school way and like get on the internet on your phone, but that's going to take some time in which case you could catch yourself and be like, oh man, I went down the dirty rabbit hole just to get, you know what I mean? Like that's a really, I could see myself doing that. Well, that's how I don't have Facebook on my phone anymore, but (laughs) guess what website I go to (laughs) (laughs) facebook.com. Well, you know, I mean, it's good to like be aware of these things. Right. Like you said, if we're aware, then we can fix them. And, um, and boy, will all of that free up a bunch of time, you know, awareness just that little huge. stuff. Awareness is huge. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed this. And I think that um, I, I can honestly say as someone who was a horrific multitasker, four and a half years ago. And now to be on this side of it, um, I just have a lot more joy in life in general. And that's because I focus on what, for the most part, I focus on one thing at a time. I have a quote to close with. Okay. Tom Davenport, who's the former director of the Accenture Institute of Strategic Change says, understanding and managing attention is now the single most important determinant of business success. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's so one. anyone out there who thinks they're really good at multitasking, um, you know, I still put myself in that category, but I'm, I'm recovering from multitasking. I'll say, remember the science, but also consider for a moment for your life, what might be possible for you without it, without multitasking so much. I like it. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.